Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Because what I want to do, and uh, I, I need your help in the beginning of this uh, presentation, and uh, to help us fill out the list here, and, I mean, fill out the blank sheet here with a list. And what I need from you is some t thoughts, topics, worries, uh, concerns, or just day-to-day -day things that you deal with, just what I wanted, practical stuff that we can put on here, because we're gonna later go through the list and see how the Gita addresses those issues, those topics, those thoughts. So I'd like to uh, just, uh, I, mean, I guess, raise your hand or call them out. Health issues with increasing age. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that yet. Yes. Intolerance. Okay. Distress or stress? Stress. Well, let's hear some some ladies. We haven't heard it. Yes. Time management. Another uh, one from the ladies. We had. Yes. Hurt, H-U-R-T, hurt, okay? Emotional, yeah. Duplicity. Uh, how come all the men have problems, the ladies are like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, we're going back and forth, yes. Duplicity means what, integrity means? Who said duplicity? Cheating or what? Dishonesty? Dishonesty. Uh, yes, I saw one of the ladies back there, yes. Anger. What do you mean? No. Okay. Yeah. Anger. Uh, gosh. Uh, yes. Negative thoughts. Uh, yes. Patience. Uh, gentleman's turn. Yes. Ignorance. Uh, I saw a lady had her hand up. Yes. What was that? Quality? Politics. 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 In D.C.? <laughs> yes. Hate. Hate. Sadness. Sadness. Attitude. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Latitude of attitude. Wait, just slow down a little bit. We're just going to take, we're not going to cover all these in 45 minutes. But go ahead. Selfish. selfish, selfish. What is it? Uh, I had a, a friend, of my, my wife and I had a friend, a very elderly man in uh, Bengali gentleman in, in Brindavan who said, I am the worst kind of fish, selfish. <laughs> Worrying about the past and future. Okay, so not being in the present. Past, just put past and future. I think we'll just take one more from a lady, a lady. Hey, I already got one from you, Karen. Betrayal. That, you just betrayed me by calling that out. Okay, no. All right. This is plenty. Thank you. The, I mean, and we, we could go on, right? Because a lot of people have their hands up with this. And very, thank you for doing that. Sincerely. 
All right, so um, here's a picture of our founder, Srila Prabhupada. He has his glasses on and he has his Bhagavad Gita in his hand, as you can see. And the idea is um, that when we put on the glasses of, uh, of Shastra, as a matter of fact, uh, first I'll skip to this next verse, there's, there's a next slide. There's this word in Sanskrit, two words, Shastra and Chakshus, okay? And Shastra means scriptures, like the Bhagavad Gita is what, the one we're going to talk about today, okay? That's, that's what the word Shastra means. We translate it in English into scriptures. And then anyone know Chakshus? What does it mean? Eyes, that's right, perfect. We have a Sanskrit scholar back there. Yes, so Chakshu means uh, eyes. So... It means literally, or figured, you know, seeing through the eyes of Shastra. And our founder, uh, he, he came up with this, this uh, he came up with, he said this statement once, said your eyes should be the Shastra, not these blunt eyes. So to really see the world through the eyes uh, of Shastra, if you, um, um, you know, and when you, what do they say, 270, that can't be. So over 200 million Americans either wear glasses or contacts. It's, uh, it's a lot. And the idea is that if you're, let me see if I'm going to get this right, if you're nearsighted, then the reflection of the light falls before your retina, and if you're farsighted, it falls behind the retina. Um, uh, when it's right smack on the retina, then you get focus. And that's what glasses do. If you're nearsighted, they focus it a little further. If you're farsighted, a little closer so that you can see things clearly. So that's what the Shastra Chakshus does, right? We have this blurry vision, right, you see around the, the eyes. And they're, they're meant to give us focus. And uh, or as, uh, was it Jimmy Cliff or was it Bob Marley who said, I can see clearly now? You know, uh, Karen, which one was it? <laughs> what? Whatever. Okay. So anyway, the idea is that you can see that we see the world very differently in some ways when we're looking through the eyes of Shastra. So be um, before we get to uh, going over some of these, let's um, give you guys a little bit of a test. Okay. So what do you see? Very good. Cow. Excellent. 100%. If you were looking through the eyes of Shastra, besides just seeing cow, for those of us who know or have some familiarity with the scriptures, what else do you see when you see the cow? Mother. Someone said a soul. Soul. Mother Earth. A symbol of Mother Earth. Okay. Nurture. The idea of milk, right? And as milk, you know, the, that the cow produces milk. So, and, and milk is a, um, is probably uh, with something called the wonder food. You know, it's, um, so we see more than just cow. Okay, so let's try one, let's try two more. Duh, we know what that is, right? It's the sun. When we look through the eyes of scriptures, what else do we see? Heat and light, bright, uh, yeah, light and heat and light. You can also um, see that philosophically because the scriptures use that. They they say that the sun is like Krishna and his energies are like heat and light. 
Okay. Rightness? Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a saying, Tamasima Jyotir Gama. Don't stay in the darkness, come to the light. Okay. Other things about the sun when you look through the eyes of Scripture? What's that? Illumination. Illumination. Very good. Yes. You see, knowledge is often called, yes. Jnana Deepika. Krishna says in the uh, eighth chapter, verse. 11 of the Gita, no, 10, 11 of the Gita, where he says uh, that the, the torchlight of knowledge, very good. Yes? Purification, Purification yes. The, the, the Shastras talk about how the sun, let's say there's urine in, you know, uh, in a puddle, the sun uh, evaporates that and purifies that area, as an example. Yes, purification. Light? Life. Life, Life. yes. Okay, so you see, we, we, the, the typical things that we just walk through, you know, like, duh, through the day, you can, you can, your life can be very different when you look through the eyes of Shastra. One more, this is a famous painting. It's uh, the person uh, there, in the, in the key figure here is George Washington, right? And he's on his deathbed, right? I think he said something like, so be it, is his last words. But, so we might see someone on their deathbed, right? Uh, what, when we look through the eyes of Shastra, through the scriptures, what, additional, what additionally do we see? The soul never dies. Excellent. Reincarnation, yes. Transmigration. Transmigration. Any, any ladies have one? Temporary, the temporary nature of things. Yes. Yes. Lamentation. Right, because we, we, Krishna says, na soshati, na kangshati, don't hanker, don't lament. We see lamentation often because we don't see the soul and transmigration and all that. So, one more. Body is perishable. Uh, yes. Illusion. Okay. Life cycle. Okay, so you see how much, just, just the things that we, you know, the Shastra is meant to give us a, uh, a clue, uh, not just a clue, but a, 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 it's like putting on a new set of glasses and seeing the world differently. Through Veda. You said Veda, right? Someone said Veda here. Veda means knowledge. Okay. So we're going to look through some of these, through some of the Gita. You may, you may recall the Gita values uh, that they've been presented a few times here. Um, one is being Samadarshina, seeing with equal vision. Ahimsa, nonviolence, or without, but even broad, more broader, acting without harm. Amanitva, um, uh, humility. Uh, icha, is, uh, choice. Dharma, nurturing right action, and priti, or affection. So some of the things that you brought up here, I may relate back to the Gita values, and also to other places in the Gita. Um, and also ask for your input and your questions. But before I start, do you have any questions yet about what we've presented and this whole idea of Shastra Chakshus? All right. Um, now, what should we deal with first? Um, <laughs> anger. Okay, anger. Very good. Have, has anyone here ever experienced anger? Not at all, okay. There's one person who's been on Prozac since she was born. <laughs> right. 
Um, but for most of us, we experience anger. Now, interestingly about anger, um, both modern psychology and the Bhagavad Gita talk about anger as a secondary emotion. That there's something first before anger. Now, Krishna says in the um, I, uh, third chapter, verse 37, when I call out numbers, can you find the uh, three, 337? Uh, he says, Kama Esha, Krodha Esha, Rajaguna Samudbhavaha. He says, at first, we have a desire for something. We want something, you know, or we want something to happen, or, or do we just want to be safe? Someone cuts us off in traffic, right? And then when that desire, somehow when that desire is not fulfilled, that's kama, then comes krodha, anger. So krodha usually is a secondary emotion. Just like your, your, uh, your teenager uh, has a curfew of 10 o'clock at night. They come home at 12. Are you angry? Yes. You better. You, any, any good parent would be. But what is your first emotion? If you think about it, you, yeah, you're usually, or relief when you actually see them at the door that they're okay. Yeah, worry prior to that, right? And then comes, and then comes the anger. Um, uh, if someone cuts you off in traffic, you know, you may use some uh, choice words, like Hare Krishna, <laughs> right, <laughs> when you're talking to them. Uh, or, you know, Sarva Dharma, you know, quote Bhagavad Gita, too, like that. Um, but usually, so you get angry, but usually your first emotion is fear, right? They, they cut you off and it came very close and then comes. So anger is, is a, uh, generally considered a secondary emotion. And then the, what is the title of the 16th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita? Just the title of the chapter. Anyone know? No, that's 14. Divine and demoniac nature, right? And it talks about the three gates to hell, right there. And they are lust, anger, and greed, right? Yes, yes. So anger is not a, um, when we're looking through the eyes of scriptures, we, and we see ourselves getting angry, right? Because you can feel, you know, it's anger, it's interesting. Also, lust is a little more subtle than anger. I mean, I don't want to get into this too much here, but if you're, if you're lusty by looking at, let's say, uh, another person, you can, you can kind of be a little cool about it and nobody might notice that you're checking them out. But anger, it's very hard not to look angry. It's very, your, your, your phys physiology shows, it's very hard to, to hide anger, right? Like that, it's more of a gross... Uh, element. Uh, and it's, um, it's, you know, it's, you know, it makes us forget, we forget Krishna. We forget who we are, right? Um, on a number of levels, somebody had mentioned uh, uh, temporary, right, when we saw, when we looked at the George Washington, right, and, and illusion. So um, there's that famous, pretty famous book uh, called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Anyone ever seen that? And then the subtitle is It's All Small Stuff. Right? So, you know, it, we sometimes get angry and caught up about, you know, things when you, when you take a step back and go, you know, go to the balcony and look down at your life, the things that you're getting angry about, are you really, is that going to matter a year from now? Generally. Now, there may be a few things that do, but generally, it's our, it's our, um, 
especially our mind, just getting absorbed. You can get absorbed in anger. And anger can be, is a very um, all-consuming emotion sometimes. It, even in, in Krishna's pastimes, the, the, there, is a, there is a person named Kangsa. You've heard of Kangsa? Some people? Yeah. So Kangsa was, was so focused on Krishna. Sometimes it said more focused than Krishna's devotees because he was so angry at Krishna, right? So you ever, you know, you have, you know the, almost the opposite of anger is being grateful, right? So one thing we can do when we're feeling anger is think of the things that we're grateful about, grateful about and, and the people that we're grateful about in this life, right? Also think about the idea of going to a balcony and thinking, you know, how important really is this? Am I, you know, really splitting hairs here? And then there's also things we can do, you know, um, whether it's, you know, counting from one to ten, or, you know, the, 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 the Bhagavad Gita would tell us that satatam uh, kirtayanto mam, to hear the Hare Krishna mantra, to chant, uh, or rather, to chant the Hare Krishna mantra, to read the Bhagavad Gita, get absorbed in bhakti, in devotional service. <sighs> Anger can subside. So that's some ideas that the Gita tells us about how to deal with anger. Any comments or questions on anger? Or rather, what questions or comments do you have about anger? Okay, yes. Why, do we, why does it seem to be so manifested in driving? <laughs> you might see them anywhere else and then out on the road there's a lot of anger. What is it about? But not in DC. <laughs> what, what is it rage. about that activity that, that brings out the anger? I think, people? you know, if we look, another thing the Gita talks about, and this young man mentioned the three, uh, chapter four, the three modes of material nature. So the, there's these three mega energies in the world that govern the material world goodness, sattva guna, passion, and ignorance. And there's all, of course, there's all kinds of combinations of those. The time of day is affected by that goodness morning, in morning, Raja. We're very busy working in the afternoon, evening, sleep. Um, there's food stuffs in them that are in the different modes. Also, so driving must be really in the mode of passion. I mean, you know, you could be, yeah, you're behind this 2,000 pound thing, right? That could actually kill people if you're not careful, right? And you're, you're getting a lot done. It's, it's kind of a passionate, I, I've been with people who, who drive very, you know, slowly and subtly, and I'm like pulling my hair, so, you know, pass that car for God's sakes, you know, because it's just, it's just the, you know, the modes of nature kind of uh, taking over. So I think it, 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 it is easy to be governed by those lower energies, and because and you're kind of a controller, you're in control of this thing, right? Um, you can pacify yourself maybe by listening to a bhajan or hearing a, a Srila Prabhupada's a lecture of his or something like that while you're driving. Um, I, I have a friend, devotee friends of mine who are um, truck drivers, and they just love the job because they're hearing about Krishna all day, all night as they're driving. They think it's great. They wouldn't you know, give it up for the world. Um, so I think you know, we can look at the different activities and, and see how, you know, whether those act I, I think you know, different jobs you know, I deal a lot, and this is no offense to anyone here who's a lawyer, I deal a lot with lawyers. I used to work um, with the court system in India, and now I work with a lot of lawyers here. And, you know, their job is, is very 
it, lots of times it's to fight the other person. Not always, I know some, you know, but lots of times it's kind of like that. Sometimes it's writing policy and things, which isn't quite that. Does that answer your question? Okay. Karen? I have a comment about um, anger. Okay. As you said, it's a secondary emotion. So usually like fear mm -hmm. and yeah. being hurt. You can't do anything about being hurt. It's a helplessness. So it's easy to be angry because you can go, I'm angry. Right. You know, I can do something. And it's the same with fear. Mm -hmm. If we're in a car, we're sentient beings, we can, our, our life can end like this. Yep. Can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. So there's this anxiousness underneath a lot of these things. So anger is a, easier to be angry than... Yes, thank you. And anger can also, um, when we experience it, we might try to turn our consciousness inward. Because it's usually acts, is that somebody else? And you know that saying, right? You point one finger at somebody else, you're pointing three at yourself. You know, so to be introspective and see, well, where am I at fault at this? Right? It's very easy to... Um, see other people's faults, it's sometimes we're a little blind to our own. Let's go on to another one. Um, oh, okay. Um, past and future? Oh, did you have your, were you pointing at something, Mike? Oh, oh there's a hand up over here. Yes. Once. Um, oftentimes when we're angry, I know for myself when I'm angry, it's like the worst emotion that I can feel. I don't like it at all. But um, sometimes it can be Necessary. So, is it is it is it is it okay for us to get angry in certain situations? Very good question. Thank you for that. Yes, all um, the, almost all emotions can be spiritualized, right? So, a a a proper way to get angry is um, if someone is speaking ill of or doing harm to another person. And what to speak of another person who is dear to the Lord, who's a devotee. And when I say devotee, I mean in the broadest sense, it's not just people in this room, but uh, whatever faith they're practicing, but is you know, trying to come closer to God. Because um, uh, that's a proper use uh, of anger, right? To be uh, anger, angry in the service of others, or in, and especially in the service of the Supreme Other, like that. So yes, there is a proper, proper use of it. Uh, lust, it's sometimes say, because lust is a very, or greed, um, to be a very greedy for Krishna's service instead of, you know, lining our pockets, right? Uh, like that. The, the only thing that one of our great uh, teachers say that the only uh, emotion you really can't spiritualize is envy, interestingly enough. So past and future, we've, we, we've given a Sunday open house class about this in the past, <laughs> in the past. Um, but in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, na soshati, na kankshati. He says, we, you know, um, don't lament the past or always be worrying about the future. And one of our great teachers, um, so Srila Prabhupada is our founder, his guru's guru's guru, or actually his teacher's father, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he said, um, forget the past that sleeps, nor in the future dream at all, but be with times that are with thee, and fortune ye shall call. So this was written, you know, um, hundreds of years before the kind of mindfulness movement that we see today, but it's very similar points. And Krishna is saying in the Gita, that, because um, the only time we really have is the present, 
right? But if, you, if we actually examine our minds, we see we spend so much time lamenting about the, oh, I should have said this, oh, I should have done that. And we have so much of our mental energy worrying about the future. There's nothing wrong with being the present and planning our future. It's not that, you know, we do need to make some plans in life, but it's often this, this cycling in the mind that goes on, worrying about this, what, what if, and what if, and what if, and what if. Uh, his, I was going to say his grace, but I don't think we can call him his grace. But Mark Twain, his grace, Mark Twain, has a good ring to it. Uh, Mark Twain once said, uh, many terrible things have happened to me. Fortunately, most of them never took place. Right? So, so, um, so Krishna very clearly says that the, the Brahman realized person, and what to speak of the, the Krishna conscious person, um, avoids letting their mind live in the past and live in the future, but is focused on the time that we really have, which is today. Now that we can apply to so many things, including what we call sadhana. Sadhana means spiritual practice, right? So when we're, when, if we're chanting Krishna's names on beads, then to just chant Krishna's names on beads. That's one of the terrible things about these things, right? I mean, even if it's a 7S, it's still a problem. Uh, the, um, these things, because you know you're 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 with a, a a loved one or another devotee, you're you're having you're sharing dinner, and then everyone's you know. On their phones, you ever seen that, right? You ever go to you know see walk by a restaurant and see everyone's you know their, yeah. So they, there's so many distractions. There's uh, one poet, um, forget his name, very famous poet, lived in the 30s, um, who said, distracted from distractions by distractions. T.S. Eliot. And T.S. Eliot, in those days, he thought distractions were newspapers. He thought they were, they were a real terrible influence on the world because people are reading newspapers and they're talking to people. Imagine what he would say about technology today, right? So the idea is whatever we're doing is to focus on that, right? Um, and I'm sure we do that, you know, and, and you ever notice that when you're really focused on something, time goes by very quickly? Right? And when things, you know, uh, when you're not focused or things are really boring, it just seems like it's forever. Like you might have looked at the clock and say, my God, it's only been two minutes since I looked at the clock last time, and he's still going to go on for 22 more minutes? <laughs> Torture, right? Um, so... This is, so, you know, th this is a very simple, practical thing in our life. It's super practical. When you're eating, focus on eating. How many of us actually focus on the taste of the food or the prashadam that we're eating? Right? It's more like, you know, we woof it down and then we have to get to what's really important in life. Right? So it has, it's, I'm glad someone brought that up because it has very, very practical um, applications in so many different aspects of our life. And we certainly want, and what is one of the biggest dangers today, right? People are distracted when they're driving. And they say even, even almost equally is when you're walking, right? There's been almost the same amount of accidents walking and looking at your phone. So focus is really important. I, I, I hate to, you know, whenever I look around the room and I see someone, I pick on them. So this time I'm going to pick on Hitesh. Hitesh is a cardiologist, and he, he's 
been my cardiologist. So I, I would, last thing I would want him to do, he's like checking out my heart, seeing if it's still working, you know. And he, oh, okay, well, that's pretty cool, you know. And I see him, you know, playing solitaire, you know. <laughs> so to be talking to me or something, else, that would really be bad as a doctor, right? A doctor, when you go to a doctor, you really want them to be focused, right? So focus is, real, is, is super helpful in our spiritual practices and even in our day-to-day -day lives. Okay, any thoughts on past and future? Yes, Raj. I always get confused with the definition of present. What is present? Because by the time I think present, it's past. Yes. <laughs> right, right. So the present, it's, it's like um, in Japa, sometimes, it, it, you know, do I, have my, I don't have my beads here, they're back there. But in, 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 in our bead, when we're chanting on the bead and we're chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, um, to just be focused on that one mantra and not think, you know, not the next one or think, God, I, for those of us who are initiated, um, we've taken a vow to chant 16 times around 108 beads. And, and to be honest, sometimes we get a little caught up in the number game instead of the devotional game. And we're thinking, okay, I got eight left. Right? Uh, but the idea, that, so then you're thinking about the future. How much more time do I have? But the idea is to just be uh, in the present, even though a minute from now that present will be gone. But we still have a new present. There's always the present. Right? That, and again, that doesn't mean we don't make plans and we don't think about it, but even then we decide to think about those instead of just, there's a big difference between sitting down and saying, okay, I'm gonna make a, whatever it is, a devotional plan or a financial plan or a retirement plan. That's very different than just letting your mind go astray and start thinking, oh, geez, you know, what, what do I, you know, you know, and all the things that our mind happens to our mind. Other questions or comments? Yes. I, I was going to say that uh, when dealing with the past and the future, um, dealing too much in the past breeds a lot of depressive symptoms. Mm. And when you're dealing with too many future emotions, you're dealing with a lot of anxiety. So... And that's what you see a lot in this, in this world right now, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. And if you can deal with the present and what's right in front of you, um, you would rid yourself of a lot of the sadness, a lot of the anger, a lot of the mm. patience and things like that. Thank you. Very nice point. Yes. And my point is Krishna 5,000 years ago told us this. Right? So, you know, there's a lot of uh, books out today on this Be Here Now when I was a kid in the 60s and uh, The Power of Now is a, is a, a well-known book today. Krishna also, the Bhagavad Gita also spoke these very words, na soshati, na kankshati. Don't lament, don't hanker. 5,000 years ago on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. Thank you for that comment. Uh, let's go on to another. We probably have time for one or two more. Uh... Well, okay, health and aging. So what does the Bhagavad Gita say about health and aging? Um, Krishna says in the 13th chapter, verses 8 to 12, it's a long explanation, and there he says about the aspects of knowledge. And one of them is, he says, Janma, Mrityu, Jara, Vyadi, Dukkha, Doshanu, Darshanam. So, what, so Janma, what does that mean? Okay, uh, Janma Mrityu, death, Jara, and Vyadi, disease, right? He says that, he says, uh, and then he says, um, Janma Mrityu Jara 
dukkha, the, these unhappinesses, right? There you go. These unhappy, perfect timing. <laughs> Krishna's on my side today. <laughs> um, dukkha, doshanu, darshan. These doshas, these challenges, these uh, uh, lack of pleasure or discomforts, um, uh, you should have darshan of them. In other words, you keep them in your consciousness. You know, we say the only things, what are the two things they joke about in America, the only two things you're sure of? Death and taxes. Death and taxes, taxes yeah, a few people in this room I'm not sure about, but death happens to all of us, right? Um, and so Krishna adds a few more to the death thing, right? He adds old age, he adds disease, and he adds birth because of the whole concept, which is so central to the Gita of reincarnation and karma based on your, on your reincarnation. So, we, so it's a very interesting uh, point that Palaka Prabhu brought this one up because some devotees in the past have read Bhagavad Gita and kind of misapplied it. Well, if disease, old age, and death are inevitable, why go to a doctor? Why take care of yourself? It's gonna happen anyway, right? So uh, our founder once said, that's like saying, um, let, me see, let me make sure I get this right. Um, was, anyway, it was something about bringing, not, you know, um, it's gonna, it may rain, but, I won't, but I'm not sure I'm going to bring it. I can't remember the exact analogy, so I won't go there. But um, also, when our founder, every time he wrote a letter, does anyone know how he signed the letter? At the end, he put your ever well-wisher and then his signature. Before that, he said something else. Anyone know what it is? I hope this finds you in good health. Right? So, um, one of our great, that same great teacher who wrote that poem, Forget the Past That Sleeps, Nor in the Future Dream Roll, his name is Bhaktivinoda Thakur. He also said that until one is on the topmost plan, uh, platform of spirituality, they, we have four needs the physical, the emotional, the intellectual, and the spiritual. And that there should be some balance of those things. So imagine trying to do your spiritual practices and whatever your faith is, and you're not feeling well, it's much harder to do that, right? Much harder to do that. So we should as, uh, so it's responsible to take care of health, but at the same time understand, I am not gonna live forever. And, and, you know, you can get really caught up. I can, I'm experiencing this a bit myself and trying to avoid it by reading the Bhagavad Gita. That, you know, I'm 58 years old now and hearing's not quite as good. And this is, you know, the, all, the, all the symptoms of, you know, it's, um, it's kind of down downhill from here uh, are there. You know, hope slowly, quickly, whatever. That's up to Hitesh. But um, it's, it's all his fault <laughs> if I don't get well. No, but, but seriously, um, it's, it's actually liberating to understand and to accept reality, right? Just like um, Elizabeth Keebler-Ross, she's a famous author of books on death and the different five stages of death. Uh, and the last one is acceptance, to just accept that this is gonna happen. Other ones are like negotiating you know, with God. Well, you know, listen, I promise I won't do such and such anymore if you just make me healthy, right? Or denial, I'm gonna need a second opinion or a third opinion or a fifth opinion. These are different stages. The last one being acceptance, where you just become peaceful. So apply that to Krishna consciousness. A devotee, by reading the Bhagavad Gita, understands, yeah, old age is inevitable. 
disease is inevitable and death is inevitable. It doesn't mean I'm not going to try to take care of my health, right? It doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, act like a 19-year-old still, right, when, you know, uh, and things like that. But it, but it is the acceptance that this is the reality of life. I'm a soul. I'm eternal, right? You know, we joke, right, that um, uh, you only live once, and it's for a very long time, eternally, right? You know, um, so that's, a, I mean, well, what could be more liberating? Because as Karen said a few minutes ago, fear is such a strong emotion. Of the four things, eating, uh, animal propensities, eating, sleeping. In other words, what we as humans have in common with animals, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. The strongest emotion often is defending, right? If there was a big noise right now, we'd all jump, right? Even though we're here, we're all peaceful, but the fear is there in the back in any second, right? So just one second. So fear... Um, a, a, and and the, the name that, uh, that our founder, Srila Prabhupada, the, the name that his father gave him uh, when he was born was uh, Abhai Charan. And that means one who is, does not have fear because they're at Charan, they're at God, they're at Krishna's lotus feet. Right? So Krishna is saying in the Gita so many places, like he says, Sarva dharmam prityagya mamekam sharanam braja. He says, and then he says, don't worry. Become my devotee, surrender unto me, be full of this knowledge, and you, you don't have to worry. Even at the time of death, you're not fearful because you're, you're in connection with Krishna. And uh, for my wife and I, we lived in Vrindavan, the holy place in India, and many people come to Vrindavan to leave this world. It's considered auspicious to leave there. And so we saw so many people um, on their deathbeds and, and, and sometimes an incredible consciousness. For those of us who saw His Holiness Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj, I was lucky to be able to fan him just like four minutes before he left this world. And, you know, consciousness is so clear. So it's such a gift uh, really imbibing the mood of the Bhagavad Gita because these things that are inevitable the Gita gives us such a, a wonderful way to deal with them. So even though there is going to be disease sometimes, there is going to be old age, there is going to be death, we have a, a realistic and yet a hopeful and even in some ways joyful way of dealing with that. Otherwise it's really, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's no fun being, you know, 75 years old and sitting on the park bench and watching young kids, kids having a great time and just, oh, I remember when I was like that. You know, a lot of us, uh, a lot of people go through that, that, that mood of lamentation or you use the word depression even sometimes as, as one gets older and one can't do what one does, you know. Um, uh, Karen had her hand up first and then did you want to... You? I just wanted to comment on the fear thing. The sleep studies show that we human beings wake up two to four times a night, unconsciously wake up, look around, and then go back. It's an unconscious, because we're, we're fearful. the animal. And the second thing about mindfulness, the most, my opinion, is to be aware that you're in a virtual reality, whether it's TV, the phone, <laughs> okay. yeah. and when you just realize I'm not paying attention, that's the point of mindfulness, that is the point to come back. Same with Japa. 
Like, oh, I, I want to eat, I'm hungry. Come back. It's about coming back, because the mind will go. Thank you. Guaranteed. Yes. And, and there you go. That's the right point. from Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says uh, that wherever and wherever the mind goes due to its flickering and unsteady nature, bring it back under control of the self. So you see how just so many practical things in life are answered in the Gita. And I just want to say this one thing before I call on Palaka. I don't want to give you, you all the impression that, okay, here's, you know, here's Vajrabihari, he's been studying the Bhagavad Gita for 40 years, and, and therefore he can spew, you know, run off these shlokas like the wind. Any of us can be doing that. It's, a very, it's, it's, a, um, it's not a big book. It's 700 verses. There's online ways to study. We have classes here that, that teach it. You can read it on your own. It's something that you can grasp. You, you know, you might not know every Sanskrit shloka that, you know, but the practical points in the Gita is available to all of us. It's not the property of, you know, uh, people with gray hairs or anything like that. Um, it's very available for all of us to pick up and pretty much any time you open it, not only get very spiritual, but as we're trying to bring up the point in this class, also very practical ways to live our life. Do you have a point? So commenting to, on health and aging, when you come to the consciousness that you're a servant of, of, of Krishna or your spiritual master, then the body just becomes a vehicle by which you conduct that service. And just like if you have a car, you maintain it. So you can't neglect your body. Otherwise, in old age, you'll have millions of problems and you'll just become a hindrance. So. Excellent point that we maintain. We're, we're servants of Krishna. And so one of the, and, and how do we serve him? With his senses, with his body. So the longer we can keep it in good shape to do that service, it, the better. Thank you for that. Yes. Okay, so we have five more minutes. Should we try to do one more? We've covered, we've covered some of these. Oh, should we do selfish? Right, the worst kind of fish. Right, so, um, trying to think of a good place in the Gita where Krishna talks about this. Hmm. Well, in the Bhagavatam, which is a addition to the, it's the next step after the Bhagavad Gita. There's a verse that goes at the end of it, it says, uh, Janasya moho yam aham mameti. Aham means I, and mameti means mine. And that, it, the verse is saying that most people in this world think in terms of I means, you know, looking out for number one, which means me, and mine, trying to get as much things of this world, whether it's achievements, whether it's possessions, whether it's family, whatever, but, but just, and in the, uh, in the, also in a um, comment on one of the verses in that book, Srimad Bhagavatam, our founder, Srila Prabhupada, he talks about how people are just mainly focused in their own little orbits. So imagine, you know, our, our little orbit, right? We have, we have, our, uh, we have our, the town that we live in and we orbit around that. We have our family, we orbit around our job and the people, few people that we know. And we're all kind of living in our own, and you know, everyone is living in their orbits. And what the, what the Gita tries to do is expand that vision of an orbit, ultimately to all of humanity, and even beyond that, to all living entities, beyond even human beings, right? And to, and to you know, because, because you can get very micro-focused in life, right? You know, there's, I'm convinced that there's pretty much an association 
or an organization for everything, right? I'm sure there's a basket weaving convention, right? Um, you know, because I, be I belong to the International Ombudsman Association. How many of you knew though that that association exists, right? <laughs> Right? There's, there's something very, and, and so people orbit in these things. And there's nothing wrong with having um, a hobbies and, and things that, you know, hobbies especially that we want to use in Christian service and all that. That's not the point. But the Gita expands our, our vision um, in a way that just sees there's much more to life than, you know, you know little old me. Right, and and that by being a servant of, but when Krishna says, be, you know, always think of me, become my devotee, pay obeisances, etc., to me, um, that is because serving God is the most selfless thing, right? Because that's what Krishna says. Ultimately, if you really want to be happy, then don't think about your own happiness. And think, it, it, it's a very interesting uh, equation. The more we like think about our own happiness, often the less you get it. And the more you think of being, you know, helping others, and then again, taking that to the transcendental platform of serving God, and not thinking, not looking out for number one, magically you become happy without trying for it. It's one of those things that the more you try for it, often the more it evades you. The less you're worried about it, the more you get it. Right? So selfishness is... Uh, Self, selflessness is such a wonderful quality, and then it, it reaches its, uh, its transcendental, its spiritual meaning when we really focus on who we actually are, servants of God. So selfishness is based on illusion, based on thinking that we're this body, thinking that based on, you know, this, this life is the one life, and selflessness is, is expanding the consciousness much greater than that. And I think my time is up. But I can take maybe one question on selfless-ishness. I had the question I already asked one, so I didn't want to repeat if I didn't have to. But you didn't really tie it completely back to the Gita. It wasn't, isn't an example of like when Arjuna was saying, oh, I want to be nice to my friends and relatives. I can't kill them. And didn't Krishna really tell him, well, you're really being selfish. You're not doing your uh, proper duty. Isn't, mm. Wasn't that a form of selfishness? Yes, that's right. Because uh, in, in a lot of Arjuna's anger, uh, he gave five main reasons that he didn't want to participate in the battle of Kurukshetra. And several of them were quite selfish. Mainly, he, here's one of his arguments. He said, listen, um, if I win and these, everyone here loses, then I'll get the kingdom you can't show off, I won't have anyone to show it off to. <laughs> Basically, that's what he says. Right? You know, what, what, he says, what use is there? What, uh, what will I avail of if I win this? But everyone you know, who I'd like to you know, show off my kingdom to is all gone. So yes, he was, uh, thank you for that. The whole, you could say the whole theme of the Bhagavad Gita was taking Arjuna from a selfish point of view to a selfless one. So thank you very much, Hare Krishna.